Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. Praise God, praise God. So happy spring has finally sprung. <laughs> uh, it's starting to finally feel like the season that we're in. And I kind of want to talk to you about that this morning. Um, I want to talk about the seasons. And this season that we're in right now is the season of planting. So I'm going to get right into the word. You guys know the scripture in Mark about having faith the size of a mustard seed where if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed you can you can move mountains and, and nothing is impossible for you and how it might look little but little is much when God is in the equation amen and how if you could only see the size of the tree that the seed will become it's only a matter of time before the birds of the air are going to be nesting in the branches of the blessings that sometimes you can't even perceive when it's in the beginning stages. Amen. But that part really stuck out to me in Mark chapter 4 was the phrase, yet when planted, it grows. Yet when planted, it grows. And so this morning, I want to back up a little bit from the branches in Mark 4, and I want to go back to verse 26 of this same chapter of Scripture. So if you'd open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 4, verse 26 through 29, I want to use this agricultural metaphor that Jesus seems so keen on in Mark to illustrate some lessons for our own life and illuminate our understanding of the kingdom of God. And so Mark chapter 4, verse 26, he also said, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day, and whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalks, and then the head, and then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. Amen. If you'd put your Bibles down, I want to talk to you today with an encouraging word. I want to talk to you for a little while on the provision of the seed. The provision of the seed. And so before we dig into it, let's pray. God, I ask that you would give us uh, what we need this morning, Lord God. Lord, you know exactly what we need in this season. Lord, help me to shed some light on your word so that they can leave this place with a greater understanding. Lord God, and help them to grow in their faith. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. We, you may be seated. And so Jesus is helping his disciples to have a perspective of, of patience. And they await the kingdom of God to be fully manifested. And he knows they want a militaristic rule and reign of the kingdom of God. 
And yet, contrary to their expectations or their desires, he's letting them uh, know that the kingdom of, of heaven is going to be revealed in stages. In stages. And so he gets into probably the most accurate presentation of what it feels like in our own lives as we're waiting on what was planted by faith to produce a harvest. And so he talks about different stages of faith. And I think if you can realize that one thing about the nature of faith, that everything God will reveal in your life is going to be revealed and accomplished in stages. Amen. Amen. You'll be much better off than expecting some, some sudden uh, a shift in your life that fixes everything. Right. You know, I, I've grown up in the church, and I know from experience that you can get a reaction in any room if you announce that there's a shift that's about to occur. <laughs> there's a shift that you know God is shifting something in your life. And if you say that there's a sudden shift, well, then the whole room's going to blow up. <laughs> Um, but Jesus said it's, it's a little bit more like what a seed does in the soil. And so he wants you to know that, that some things just take time. Warren Buffett said that he was talking about people who want to get rich quick or build a business quick. And he said no matter how much talent or effort one possesses, some things just take time. And if you try to start a business or you try to start a church, you do not become super successful or grow a church of 500 overnight because some things just take time. And so God was trying to say in, in this scripture that some things take time. And I know we, we uh, want it yesterday, and I know we want Jesus to be our Burger King. We want it our way, and we want it right away. And we think that Sometimes it's just a drive-through, but some things just take time. How many know that destiny is not a drive-through, where you can place your order and, and pick, up, pick it up three minutes later with fries on the side? It just doesn't happen. Some things just take time. And so we have to get into this mindset with Jesus if we're going to expect him to work in our lives. And he talks about these stages of growth. And so I want to point out today three different stages that we should look at. And the first one is the scattering stage. Scattering of seed. He said the kingdom of God is like a man who scatters seed on the ground. And then he mentions the sprouting stage where the seed sprouts and it grows. And in the scattering stage, you have to plow the ground or the seed is not going to go down into the ground to grow its roots. And so in this sprouting stage, you have to harvest the seed or it's going to go bad in your field. And I'm not a farmer, nor am I the son of a farmer, nor have I ever planted a garden. I'm not too qualified to preach this, but I'm going to follow the analogy as closely as I can today. And so I brought these tools today. I went to the local um, farm and fleet. They're on sale, just so you know, <laughs> because this is the harvesting season. And so I brought these tools to illustrate, and uh, so I'll just walk you through it. This is a, a sickle. Has anybody ever seen a sickle? Well, it's actually, this is actually a grass whip. They didn't have any sickles because they're kind of out of season, but it looks kind of like a sickle. How many know what a sickle is for? 
Sickle is for cutting and pruning and most of all, harvesting. Amen? And so, then this other tool that I have is a spade. So it's a nice shovel. But uh, it's a special shovel because you're, you're digging in pretty deep and you're digging the roots of the ground so that you can plant. That uh, you can plant all the seeds that you've scattered. And, and so I had Pastor set this up for me. <laughs> Thanks, Pastor. But he actually put the sickle before the, uh, before the spade. And so I had to switch it up because that's a lot of times in life how we want to go at it. We want to get the harvest before we plow and, get the, and do the work. Amen? And so I think that's the problem with most of us is that we want to use that sickle and we never want to use the spade. We want the harvest of our faith, but we never want to do the work and dig some holes and plant some seeds. Amen? So Jesus has given us a parable to illustrate an invisible kingdom utilizing visible objects so that we can relate and that we can understand. And so the spade always comes before the sickle. Does that make sense? And if it doesn't, it's because we live in a world that wants to harvest before we plow. We live in a world that wants to buy it before we can afford it. We live in a world that wants to sleep with it before we put a ring on it. Amen. But Jesus said, if you want to be in this kingdom, you first have to use the spade and then the sickle. Why in the world would you go out to the field with a sickle that, to a field that you never even plowed? Why in the world would you expect a fruitful marriage when you haven't sown seeds of love? Why in the world would you expect a date from a woman in the church if, you've, if you're not even involved in the church? And so he said, there is a scattering of the seed, and I love that part, because the scattering of the seed, God just scatters seed, the word all over us every day. Don't you love coming to church where you can just get some good seed and some thoughts of inspiration? Amen. That is why we should be in God's word every day because we need some fresh seed scattered in our lives. And so he scattered the seed and this is the third of, the, of three different seed parables that Jesus uses that Mark has collected in Mark chapter four and it's a compilation that he's using. He talks about the seed in, in different ways and he has given an illustration of reality that we can relate to. And so he talks about that stage of scattering where possibility is eminent and the stage of scattering where you get really excited about something that God can do in your life and that scattering stage and that and the interesting thing about the farmer in this passage is he doesn't seem very educated about the process because Jesus said that the man goes out and he scatters the seed and whether he sleeps or gets up the seed sprouts and grows though he doesn't know how he doesn't even know how it's happening have you ever had God do something in your life and you don't even know how? You don't know how it happened? It was, it was a God thing, amen? And it's, it's in those moments where I can tell you something and I can make something up and I can point you to maybe some factors that were causing uh, the, the results. But if you want me to be honest with you, I, I don't even know how it happened. I don't even know. 
You can act like you were intelligent enough to get that job, but the fact is you weren't even qualified. You can act like you were smooth enough to, to pick up that chick, but the fact of the matter is you don't even know why she said yes, and you don't even know why she was even attracted to you. You don't even know. I don't even know. Just some kind of way. <laughs> God did it, and... I have to be honest about it, but there are some things in life where you can look back and, and be like, don't, I, I don't even know how I made it through. I don't even know, but somehow, some way, when it was all said and done, he brought me through it, and I'm still standing. And I don't even know, I don't even know why he has blessed me like he has blessed me. I don't even know why I'm in this place. I don't even know why I drive that car. Sometimes you look at the size of the seed and you judge it against the size of the harvest. And if you're honest about it, the only reasonable response is to throw up your hands and to say, I do not even know. And so this farmer, he didn't even know. He's, he's like a little child who, who opens up the refrigerator at home and, and you ask him, how did the food get there? And I don't know. Like a child who will flip on an electricity switch and here come the lights on. You ask him, how did the lights come on? Well, I don't know. Sometimes... There's, we have a, a, a faith like a child, and, and faith is like a child, like just to trust God and to know that you don't have to know, amen? You don't have to know everything. I don't even know really exactly how the, the internet works. I don't even know how I have access to the biggest database in the world sitting in my pocket, I cannot explain it to you. I can't explain to you how, how the internet lines carry it to my iPhone. I don't even know how in a couple of hours that you can re-listen to this sermon in almost any part of the world. But the fact of the matter is, I don't have to know. All I have to do is sow the word. Amen? And I wish somebody would praise him about the fact that you don't even have to understand it to walk in it. You don't have to understand the blessing that you're walking in. Amen? Amen. You don't have to have to know how the car works to drive in it. You don't have to have a degree in electricity to have lights in your house. You don't have to understand all the ways God is working in your life for him to be working beneath the surface. And that's how God is going to bless you somehow, some way. That's what it means to be a person of faith. And it's, it's, it's to know that somehow, some way, it's going to work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. I don't even know how. Amen? And so now, now that my introduction is done, I'm out of the way. <laughs> um, sorry about that. <laughs> he scattered the seed, right? Let's get back to that. And in the scattering stage, a spade is required. You have to plow the ground in the stage where the seed is. The seed didn't come up all at once. Remember it came up? How? as soon as it was ripe. Notice the order, the first, the stalk, then the head, and then the full kernel. The disciples were expecting the kingdom of God to come all at once, the reign of God to be revealed all at once. And Jesus said it's coming in stages. But don't get nervous when it seems like it's off schedule. It doesn't seem like it's on time because throughout all of the stages of the seed's growth, it stayed on schedule. And our challenge as people of faith is to synchronize our faith with God's schedule. Amen? 
And that's the challenge. It would not be a challenge if God would mark harvest season on my calendar. If I would get a notification on my phone saying, hey, it's harvest season, that wouldn't be a challenge because I could keep myself occupied, and occupied until that point. You don't even have to worry about it. You'll be married and own your own house by the time you're 27. Well, then good. I'll just enjoy myself until I'm 27, and, and then everything will fall right into place for me. Because, Lord, we could, we could be ready with the sickle if you would just let us see your schedule. Amen? Amen. I would be ready for harvest if I could see his schedule. And so if he would just let us synchronize our schedule with his, that is one thing I, I, I do love about today's technology with all of our busy schedules and the kids going places and the wife's going places and we can sync our calendars together. There's an app that you can, you can get to put everyone's schedule in your family and it color codes and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So if you haven't used it, try it out. And so that everyone... You can just sync it up so everyone and, and the kids and all their schedules are all synced up and you know when the kids need to be picked up and you know where, where everyone's going to be at. Um, on our website, you can even select which ministry you want to sync to your schedule. So if you want like all of the men's events, then it's just a couple clicks away. That way you never miss an opportunity. Just thought I'd throw that plug in there for you. <laughs> and that works really good for our schedule, but how do you relate to a God in patience who won't show you the schedule that he's working off of? Amen? Because the scripture says the man scatters the seed on the ground and the seed sprouts and it grows, but the real test of the seed is can it survive the soil? He says the seed is scattered, and you can see that. You can see the beginning of a thing, and it might not be easy, and I have a long way to go, and, and my muscles might be sore at the end of the day from all the sowing process, but at least I can see that the ground is being broken up. I can physically see it. The harvest season is a season of joy because I'm going to be eating from the field I've been working in. Amen? But he says that the seed sprouts and grows because of the work of the soil. And I think that's where most dreams die, is in the soil. I think that's where most marriages fail, is in the soil. And I think that's where most good intentions give away to apathy, is in the soil. And I mean, it's, it's one thing to be a farmer in this passage, because he has sowed that seed and, he's, and he had to reap the seed. But what about the times when you're not the farmer and you're the seed and God's the farmer? And I hope you'll understand that sometimes you're going to feel like that seed that goes down into the soil because that soil is a very uncomfortable place to be because when the seed is in the soil, it cannot see the intentions of the one who sowed it. When the seed is in the soil, there are times where it feels like it's, going to get, it's not going to get enough oxygen or water to make it. And I know I'm personifying an inanimate object, but your life is a seed. Your dream is a seed. Your vision is a seed. And your purpose is a seed. 
The seed might seem insignificant, and it takes a lot of faith to see the purpose in what seems insignificant, but do you know what it takes even more faith? It takes more faith to believe that the purpose is still working when the process is invisible. Amen? We're talking about the provision of the seed. So yes, it takes faith to sow. Yes, it takes faith to reap. But what takes the most faith is to be buried in the soil of uncertainty and to keep growing. But that's exactly what you have to do. The kingdom of heaven is like a seed. The man scattered it and it went in the soil. And then it stayed in the soil. And it stayed in the soil. And it stayed even more longer in the soil. And I find myself to be pretty proficient in some of the stages of, of faith at this point in my walk with God. I don't mind sowing the word. I don't mind working. I don't mind working for his kingdom. I don't mind writing this sermon. I don't mind ministering to somebody. I don't mind sowing, and I certainly don't mind reaping. No one minds reaping, right? But the problem is, I don't know what tool to use in the stage of, of the soil. So when I'm sowing, I need the belief that it can become something. And when I'm reaping, I need the strength to go out and, 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 and see what I've initiated. But there are some stages of faith where there's not a thing that you can do because it just takes time. And I'm believing for something that I can't see anymore. Sowing a seed means to be releasing it. And that means you have to let it go for a while. You have to just step back and let the soil do its job. The seed is in the soil to die. And the farmer is telling you, yeah, man, I, I scattered the seed and I woke up and I saw the ear and I saw the head. And so I took my sickle and I made me a sandwich. It was the most amazing thing. It was the best sandwich I ever had. But the seed is going, can I speak? I went down in that soil and I was down in that soil so long I thought I was about to die in the soil. I was, I was gasping for breath in the soil. I didn't even, I didn't know if I had been forgotten. I felt like the farmer didn't love me anymore. I didn't know even if I was going, what, what I was going through. And then all of a sudden, I started to change shape. And everything was unfamiliar, but I was still down in the soil. And I didn't know if anybody remembered that they had put me there. Can I get a witness? You know what it feels like to be a seed? I know this message is for somebody. The seed is in the ground, but the scripture says, don't get it twisted. The seed is still on schedule. The seed is still on time. And this is where I want to encourage you. If you feel like the seed that is in the ground of uncertainty, the ground of disappointment, the ground of doubt, I know God is going to fill in the blank for what you need because you know what your seed is. And, is, and if I asked you, you wouldn't say the real thing that's working in your life right now. You would say a more acceptable thing. You wouldn't talk about the real dirt that your life is in. You wouldn't talk about the real process that you're trapped in. You wouldn't talk about the real thought patterns. And so I want you to just substitute whatever you need for the seed. And know that what, what, what it is, and, and God knows what it is, and, and, and you know what it is, and I want to preach about the seed, because one thing I found out about the seed when I was researching it was that the seed is protected. 
Amen. I need you to know when you're in a soil season in your life, in a season where you cannot see anything happening, see, God knew the seed would need to survive a period of, of vulnerability. So every seed is wrapped in a hard protective shell, coating it, and so that until it produces what it's meant to produce, nothing is going to be able to get what is inside of the seed. And so I can see Moses in a basket trying to kill off all of the Hebrew children. But until the seed was ready to be released, the seed was in a basket floating down a river to protect it. Tell your neighbor that I'm protected. I'm protected. I need you to know that I'm protected. I need you to know that God has covered me. And I need you to know that God has wrapped me up. And I need you to know that God didn't just put purpose inside of me. He put protection all around me. And until it comes to pass, I need you to know that I'm protected. Amen? The devil can try to snatch me up, but I'm protected. The rain can fall really hard, or I can go through a dry season, but I'm protected. I'm coated, and I have something on the outside protecting what's on the inside. And God has me covered, and it shall come to pass because I'm protected. I'm protected. Your child is protected. You're praying about him, and while you're praying about him, you need to know that God already wrapped him up. There are some things in your life that you can't do for your child, but how many are grateful that when the seed leaves your hands, it never leaves God's eye. His eye is on the sparrow, and he's got your babies. Amen? It's protected. It's protected. And the seed is in the stage right now where it doesn't have the roots to be able to get the nutrients from the soil. And it doesn't have the ability through photosynthesis. I was getting excited about the seed and I did some research and I discovered that the seed even has its own food supply. How many knew that? It has its own food supply until the time it is able to derive the nutrients from another source. So what am I trying to say? The seed has not only protection, but it has provision. It has provision. Everything I need for life and godliness is inside of me, but what I can't get from others in the soil stage, God will give me from the inside. I'll be able to help myself. I'll be able to bless myself. I'll be able to encourage myself because the stuff that the seed needs is already in the seed because God already planted it in you. So don't even worry about it because it's protected. Protection and provision. How many are excited right now because you have some stuff in the ground? Amen? You have some dreams in the ground. You have some potential in the ground. And have you ever noticed that when it rains that farmers don't ever get annoyed? I get annoyed that they don't get annoyed. <laughs> when it rains, everybody who has something in the ground, though, is excited for what they are about to receive. Amen? Amen. Lord, let it rain in this place. And so the protection is on the seed. The provision is on the seed. And it's just a matter of time before the potential is released from the seed. I'm preaching this message to somebody who's in the soil stage. We, all, we will all sow and we will all reap. And sometimes we'll sow in tears and, and we'll reap in joy. But can the seed of your faith survive the weight in the soil? When the seed goes down to die, Jesus said in John chapter 12 through 24, 
If a grain of wheat doesn't fall to the ground and die, it just remains a single seed. But if it dies, it becomes many seeds. He was saying this to signify the kind of death that he would die. You see, he was prophesying about his own death. He needed his guys to know, I'm going to be in the ground for a little while. I'm going to be in the ground for a little while, but when it looks like I've lost, don't worry. Don't worry because we're still on schedule and I will still be on time. And the word of the Lord for somebody today is you're still on schedule. Grace accounts for the years that you've wasted and the time that you've lost and even the opportunities that you missed because you didn't know how to seize them in the moment. You're still on schedule, amen? How else could, could Jesus have been interrupted in Mark chapter 5 on the way to Jairus' daughter's healing? And yet when he got there, the people were making a loud commotion because the little girl had died while Jesus was interrupted by the woman with the issue of blood who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Jesus just keeps on going to Jairus' house and they're like, don't even bother anymore. Don't even come because she's dead. You're late. And Jesus says, she's not dead. I'm still on schedule. I might look late to you, but for what I want to do, I'm still on schedule. Amen? And so when he got to the house, he said, everybody, just be quiet because she's not dead. She's sleeping. Jesus shows up at the house and he dismisses all of the doubters who were in the room because what you see is dead. God sees as sleeping. And he healed the little girl because he was still on schedule. Jesus, you should have gotten to Lazarus' house early. It's a little late to show up after his body's been in the tomb for four days already. And Jesus said, don't even worry about it. Because if I had gotten there according to your timetable, you would have called me a healer. But you already knew that I was a healer, and I need to reveal a different dimension of my ability in your life. And so for your sake, I'm going to be late. But when I look late in your life, then don't worry about it, because we'll just roll the stone away and I'll speak a word, because we're still on schedule. And God is always on time. Abraham was like, God, I'm 100 years old. I don't see how I can have a child at this age. And God said, Abraham, go be with Sarah because you might feel old and it might seem too late, but I am the God of the impossible and you're still on schedule, amen? Do you see the provision of the seed in your life? One thing that the seed, whatever state it was in, could say, one thing you can, you can know about your life is no matter if you're plowing, no matter if you're reaping, or no matter if you're waiting, you're still on schedule. And I'm still on schedule. Tell the person next to you that I'm still on schedule because God has a way of making sure that if one thing got bumped, if one thing got missed, if one thing got left out, the Bible is just so great. The Bible says there is coming a time where the reapers will overtake the sowers. And do you know what that means in your life? 
It means that grace has the ability to bring it where, where life didn't even throw it out. So God is saying in this season of your life, the problem is you're so close to quitting in the soil stage. You're about to walk away from your hope and miss your harvest because you cannot see it in the ground. And that's where faith comes in. I can plow in the season of sowing and I can reap in the season of reaping. But what do I do while the seed is in the soil? You have to do what the scripture says to do. When you've done all that you can do and you've prayed all that you can pray and you've sowed all that you can sow, prepared all you can prepare, just get some sleep. He said that whether the man was awake or sleeping, the soil was producing. And so when you've done all you can do and you've prayed all you can pray, you've fixed everything that you can fix, get some sleep and you trust the soil. Trust the process of the soil and trust the provision of the seed. Amen? Psalms 121 verse 4 says, The Holy One of Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And that means that God is a night owl. But it also means that he's an early bird. And so that means if God never slumbers and he never sleeps, I might as well get some rest. Right? If you're already going to be up all night, God, looking out for me, you got this. Well, then there's no reason for both of us to be up all night, right? Because I need some sleep. I need some sleep. God, I am kind of tired. I've already sowed all the ways I know how to sow, and I, I can't reap yet because the seed isn't done doing what it's going to do. And so I might as well get some rest. And you know what? You reap better when you're rested. Amen? I said you reap better when you're rested. And what you need to do in this season, after you've sowed all the seeds, is to get some rest. You're going to need strength to reap. So rest while you can because, and sleep while you can because when the harvest comes, you're going to need all the energy and all that strength and all the mental capacity to bring it in. And so why don't you just get some sleep right now? You know, when Jesus was on a ministry assignment one time, he left one place and he was going to another and he was ministering on one side of the lake and he was going to minister on the other side. And you know what he did while he was on the boat? He went to sleep. Yep, he slept. Why did he go to sleep? He was tired, and there's nothing that he can do about what's on the other side of the lake. There's nothing that he can do right now. And, they, and so his disciples were yelling at him, Jesus, wake up, there's a storm. And he got up and rubbed his eyes and was like, trying to sleep. Why don't you have faith? <laughs> I got work to do later. And so, you know, that's what the seed is saying in your life right now. You're getting frustrated, because, but the seed is saying, shh, let me sleep. I'm working down here. I have to get a little bit of breakthrough from this hard coating. I have to get some roots in this soil, and I have to bring forth what I'm meant to bring forth. I have to get ready to burst forth because I'm about to become something spectacular. And so just let it sleep. Don't rip it up out of the ground. Don't walk away from the, from the field. Don't get frustrated. Don't get annoyed. Don't get irritable. Just let it sleep. Just let it sleep. But what, when, you, when you go to sleep, 
make sure that you're, that, that you're ready with the sickle in your hand because you never know when the harvest is about to come. Here it is, Lord. I'm ready for you. I'm, I'm rested. I'm ready. I'm rested. And I'm trusted in sowing and I'm reaping for reaping because I, I, tr I rested in the middle and my life is still on schedule. Amen? And I'm in this stage right now where I'm in the ground and I have a dream in the ground and I have a vision in the ground. But my impatience is my greatest enemy. It can also be my greatest strength, but the fact that I'm proactive is my greatest, it, it might be my greatest strength. But when I get so discouraged waiting on the seed to show me what it is, I start ripping at it. Anybody like me just start ripping at it? They start ripping at stuff. If, if you're like me, just let it sleep. The seed isn't dead. It's just sleeping. The, the girl wasn't dead. She was sleeping. And Lazarus wasn't dead. He was sleeping. Your seed is just sleeping. Amen? Amen. So if you receive this message this morning, I would, I would invite you to stand. Because I have a spade for the sowing. And I have a sickle for reaping. And I have, I, have, I have rest for the time in between that. I have faith to just sleep on it. And whether I'm sleeping or I'm rising, that soil has a job to do. So would you just trust God enough to let that soil do what it's supposed to do? Because that takes faith. It takes faith to trust something, to trust that something is happening beneath the surface of the seed that I've sown and that God knows the right time for it to come up. Did you notice in the parable that it said when the harvest comes, he reaps? And so God knows when that day is supposed to be, but in the meantime, you sleep and you let him do what he can only do. You let him work it out. Because sometimes the biggest problem with your harvest is your involvement. It's the biggest delay. If you would just leave that seed alone, it would become what it's supposed to be. But you keep ripping it up out of the ground thinking that you need to put it in a different field. And this is a call for somebody to stay with it. To stay with the schedule of the seed. To trust the provision of the seed. It's sown in one season and it's reaped in another. And while it's in the soil, I'm praying that God would wrap you up and he would protect you to survive the soil. That you would be able to access the provision that you have in this season while you're still in the soil. The provision of the seed. Amen. If you'd lift your hands in this place, the Spirit of the Lord is here and he wants to do th great things. Hallelujah, I declare over you. I declare over your life that he's going to send the rain. I declare over your life that every seed in your life shall grow. If it's in the ground right now, there are some things that are happening to that seed that are only going to serve to sustain it. And when it comes forth, I declare this morning, Jesus, I have faith to wait. God, in this season, I lift my hands to you and I'm receiving the rain of your spirit. 
Hallelujah. In the rain of your promise, I receive the light now, Lord God. Illuminate your word on my situation, God. I thank you for what's happening in the dark places of my life. I thank you for what's happening beneath the surface in this difficult time. And I thank you for what's happening to the infrastructure of me, Lord God. I pray and I believe that my seed is growing. I believe it's growing just like your kingdom is growing. I believe as it's done in heaven, it'll be done on earth, Lord God. Amen, amen. I declare over you today, let it come to pass, Jesus. I declare it, it shall come to pass. Over every dream, it shall come to pass. Over every initiative born of faith, it shall come to pass. We believe it, Lord. We receive it, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The altar is open. Let's come and praise him and ask him to send the rain. God, send the rain on the soils and, and the rain to the seed, Lord God. Bring your word forth and let it grow. God, we pray that you would do it, Lord. Help us not to be impatient and rip up the seeds we have planted, Lord God. I, help, I pray that you would help us to trust the process. Help us to trust the provision that you have over our lives, Lord God. Help us to rest in the soil stage and let you do what only you can do, Lord. Lord, work it all out for our good, Lord Jesus. We trust you and we thank you. And we love you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah.